welcome to Wine Road, the wine, when, and where of Northern Sonoma County. I'm your host, Marcy Gordon, with Beth Costa, Executive Director of the Wine Road. Today's show is sponsored by Ron Rubin Winery. Without their financial support, we would not be here recording today. They've come to our rescue and are sponsoring our podcast for the entire year. We encourage you to get to know them. Check out their website by visiting ronrubinwinery.com. Welcome to Wine Road, episode 157. Today, our guest is Julius Orth from Ectimo Winery. Welcome, Julius. Thank you. Happy to be here. And he has brought us a beautiful, beautiful wine. We're going to start off with that. I was just going to say, we've already started by tasting the yes. wine. <laughs> so we have to jump right to that. It makes the conversation flow a little better. <laughs> it surely does. So this is the 2019 Pinot Noir. This is from Estate Mount Eden. So tell us about that. So the Mount Eden clone is one of four clones that we planted on our estate. The current owners acquired the property in 2013, which is when they actually planted the vineyard. Mm-hmm. So they chose four different clones to work with down there. And this is just a single clone. So the ultimate goal is for us to make at least four, possibly five different wines from that vineyard, four individual clone wines, and one that's a blend, hopefully greater than the sum of its parts. This is just delicious. It's It has... Everything you want in a Pinot. It's got, it's just this beautiful perfume. It's got that lovely play between the acid and the fruit and the tannin. I I think this is lovely. That's what we want to hear. And obviously the judges at the North Coast Wine Competition, because I'm not ashamed of self-promotion, they liked it too. That's what I was just going to say. I'm holding the medal that was on around the neck of this bottle. Yeah. Best of class. I mean, in a Pinot region like we are with all the Pinots in Russian River Valley, this is Amazing. And that's a big competition. It's a huge competition. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, bravo. Thank you. (laughs) I'm very proud. I wish I could claim responsibility for it, but (laughs) someone else does all of that. So, So, yeah, you see, your responsibility now is just to tell people about it. Yeah. (laughs) Let them know. This is awesome. And what is your full title there, Julius? I didn't introduce you. Professional consumer. Absolutely. I love it. (laughs) I get to make up my own title. I think the owners like to call me the tasting room manager, but. Yeah, I, I think like I wrote hospitality consumer. director, but professional consumer is good. But that's that's terrific. That's perfect. <laughs> so, where is tell listeners where is Ectimo uh, located? If they were so, Ectimo Winery is located on Ross Road, so it's right between Grayton and Forestville, kind of right between the two. So, if ever, most people are familiar with Iron Horse Winery, mm-hmm. they are one of our nearest neighbors. Cool. Exactly. And and it was established in 2013, the winery? Uh, there's been a winery there a lot longer than that, but the current incarnation of it has been there since 2013. And Ectimo, does that mean something? Because I notice there's always these beautiful cranes or birds on the labels. Uh, yeah, it has nothing to do with birds at all. It, it's, just... <laughs> <laughs> it's actually an expression of appreciation or gratitude in Greek. Oh, wow. And it's a very loose translation of our owner's last name from Chinese to Greek. Oh, my gosh. So I thought there was a, it was something to do with Chinese because the birds are very uh, symbolic. Right. It's a symbol of good fortune in yes. China. So they kind of incorporate in that into their branding in the hopes that it will bring them good fortune. Yes, because I, I always felt those labels are so striking. The label is beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Right. Definitely. Love it. So how often are you are you open now? I mean, we've had, um, you know, two years of wineries being open, wineries being closed, wineries being open only on weekends. You know, more and more seem to be open 
seven days a week, but not everyone, what is happening there at ECTMO. Right. So we've actually stayed open most of the time. We closed when there were forced closures. Mm -hmm. But other than that, we stayed open for curbside pickups and all of that. Now we're back to a relatively normal schedule. But because we're such a small team, which is one person myself. (laughs) I love that spirit. (laughs) We are open five days a week. So we're closed on Mondays and Tuesdays. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, we have a lot of customers that are coming to town, and midweek that's when they want to come. And I'm having uh, finding more and more places are closed Mondays and Tuesdays, or Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Right. Restaurants as well as wineries. It's you know, so I have to really call S- around. And... Staffing is an issue for yeah. everyone now. Yeah, it definitely is a, an issue <laughs> for sure. So you, I know where the winery is. It's located near Traditional Medicinals. Yes. And there's a little collective, a few little wineries there. It's like right down the street from Ron Rubin. I was going to exactly. say, I think Ron so Rubin's in the neighborhood. His vineyard basically backs up to our vineyard. Nice. So Ron Rubin Winery is the sponsor of the podcast, ah. the financial sponsor uh, for the last two years. It's nice. super appreciative. I mean, Ron likes what we're doing, and he likes to support all of our wineries. really nice back there. The trail that goes all the way, it's from Sebastopol all the way into Forestville. There's a trail and you walk right by where the winery is. Yeah, we're actually one of the only wineries that's adjacent to the trail and we put a sign out right there. So we get a few bikers and yeah. horse riders and walkers coming wandering into the winery. <laughs> that's great. You can just ride your horse on up to the winery. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, where can you do that? Hmm, one place. We have one place. Well, <laughs> if the laws are the same here as they were back in the UK, provided your horse is sober, it doesn't matter how much you drink. <laughs> it's true. true? Yeah. <laughs> you got to love those laws. Yeah, really. We invented them. They're keeping <laughs> us safe. Keeping us safe. I love it. So uh, does Ectimo make predominantly Pinot Noirs? Do you have a lineup of other wines? We do a range of wines. So it... it tends to fluctuate a little from year to year, depending on how adventurous the owners get, because we grow Pinot Noir now, so we're always going to make Pinot Noir. But they also like to play the market come harvest time. So if there's an opportunity comes up, like with our vineyard manager previously, he didn't have a buyer for his grapes, so we went in and bought his grapes. So we make some Pinot Noir, but we've also made Petite Syrah, Cabernet Sauvignon, Zinfandel, Merlot. We do some Sauvignon Blanc. Chardonnay, mm-hmm. we do a rosé, so, so we do a range. Be different, yeah. No constraints. Right. It, it's all small lots. Right, so. that's the thing. Well, even this uh, Pinot that won best of class, you said there was 50 cases. Right, that's it. And so Yeah, it's probably already half gone. You put the bow in boutique. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Not boo. The boo. <laughs> the bow. <laughs> boutique. No boo. <laughs> so how did you come to be in the wine industry? Consumption. And the, I would say, and the <laughs> consumer that you are, how did that come to be? <laughs> so I started out in the wine business when I was four years old, consuming my first <laughs> bottle of wine. Uh-oh. That's when they found me passed out on the floor. But at that point, I knew I was destined for a job Yeah, in there you industry. go. You could see it in your stars. But actually, before I got into the wine industry direct, I was managing restaurants. And I did okay. that around the country. So when I first came to this country in 86... I did food and beverage here. I actually worked on the team that did the wine auction back in 88. Oh, my. So. Are you a chef also? No. no. Okay. Well, I'm not a chef. But I'm a, a food artist. <laughs> I love it. Chefs work for a living. Yeah. I, I do it for entertainment yeah. and to make it pretty at the end yeah. of it all. So yeah. that, that, that's my approach to food. I have worked the kitchens. So I've worked all aspects of restaurants mm-hmm. from washing dishes to cooking the food to right. serving the food. Right. 
So from there, from the restaurants and the wine auction, how did you end up at a winery? Well, so having been a buyer for restaurants and buying wines for their wine lists, right. it was a small step then to actually come to work for a winery. And when I came back to California in 99, a friend of mine was managing, he was general manager of a winery, and he offered me a job running the tasting room. Perfect. Just sight unseen. He said, if you want to do it, I have an opening. You can have it. Nice. Well, right hospitality. Place, right place at the yeah. right time. Yeah. Well, yeah, running a restaurant is, uh, you certainly understand hospitality from that for sure. So you did just let out a tiny little secret just before we started recording about uh, something to do with Mick Jagger. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not going to let that go because I'm a big fan of One Mick of Jagger. my many adventures, drinking beers with Mick Jagger at the Waterloo Club in the Bahamas. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I would in, like to be able to say that. In another lifetime, I actually used to work in the casino business. I was uh -huh. a card dealer. So uh -huh. I used to deal cards and roulette and all of those things. And I lived in the Bahamas for five years. The Bahamas was kind of a kind of a chic hub for play, people to go and record. Yeah. So I got to meet quite a few recording artists there. So I got to meet Mick Jagger. I drank beers next to him in a bar, and you know we spoke all of right. ninety seconds, but still. and then he went off and did his thing. Right. I, I did get to hang out with the members of Iron Maiden and uh -huh. get to know the artists that did their funky labels really well. Wow. <laughs> So that's the thing. When you come to tasting rooms, it's just when you're coming to visit, you just never know who's behind the bar and what their life story has been. I mean, people love that. People mm. want to know. that. Yeah. That's what's fun and interesting. I love well, it. Well, and there was kind of an interesting connection to the California wine industry from there because before that, I was very familiar with the European wine industry, right. but mm -hmm. not California, and got to know some folks from Tahoe who had this bottle sitting on a shelf that unfortunately was empty at that time, and it was a silver oak cabernet oh, from the Napa Valley. Go. That's a wow. nice introduction. And so I asked them about it, and they told me that it's one of the best wines they'd ever had. And if, if I ever go to California, I should go try it. So that was the first winery I visited when I came here. Start at the top. Story. Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and their silver oak does have a tasting room and a really incredibly beautiful winery now that they just built out in Alexander Valley. Um, yeah, that's definitely worth a stop, and that is definitely... Amazing Cabernet for sure. Absolutely. I'm still a fan. <laughs> yeah. Consumer. <laughs> Mr. Consumer. Consumer and fan. <laughs> That's me. So when people do come to the tasting room, is it by appointment only? Yes. So the appointment only thing happened when the whole pandemic started. Yes, right. And because of staffing being what it is now, that's what it's remained as. But if I'm the only one there, then... Doing it by appointment is the only practical way to do it. Mm -hmm. It's a better experience for everyone that way rather than having everyone show up at one time and me try and entertain them and do a tap dance for six different tables as right. opposed to giving them my undivided attention. So. Exactly. And what type of experience do they have? Is Do you have a certain flight of the day or they... Yes, and I, I have total control over that. So I basically rewrite it when I feel like it. When I get tired of presenting one wine and I need to put something fresh in there, I just change it out for something else. I do it all table side now. So we have a nice little courtyard area that we do a seated tasting. Um, one thing that I do incorporate, and I'm not doing it right now, but on a normal basis. So come fall, it'll happen again once things cool off. But I do table side barrel tasting, which I'm not aware that anyone else is doing. Wow. So, That's awesome. People would love that. Yeah. That so sounds, yeah. so it, it sounds more energetic than it really is because it's not really a full barrel. It's yeah. a half barrel at this point, <laughs> right, which still. I asked them to do, but they put it on wheels and I wheel it out to people I love and it. do a table side barrel tasting. It's like tasting. the cheese cart. Oh, my yeah. gosh. 
I mean, I thought you would just like thieve some wine out and let them have the barrel sample. No, 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 no. The, the, the romance is the barrel. Well, I get that, but holy cow. <laughs> it's well, barrel I'll let them sit on the barrel and have their pictures taken. Yeah. And so that's, I don't think people that's really so cool. understand how special it is to try a barrel sample. Right. Because it really shows you the progression. It helps you really understand that wine and, you know, where it's going and what it came from. Um, that's terrific. It does. And what I do, again, this winery above all the wineries I've worked at previously, I actually get more control over that aspect as well. So when it comes time to select something for barrel tasting, I get to choose what I want. So I'm going to make a selection that is already approachable. Right. It's already drinkable. Right. You don't have to use too much of yeah. a stretch of your imagination. Yeah, I don't want to use my imagination. And it's going to be a fairly quick turnaround. <laughs> right. So the stuff that I offer at barrel tasting, you're usually going to get it in your hands within four to six months. Yeah, that's great. And that's very unusual because normally you don't get barrel samples at most oh, no. when right. you go to a tasting. So folks listening, that's very special. So if they can't come in and you're doing this now table side, can they order futures at that point? Or Absolutely. Is it just for the fun? That's great. I bet people love that. That is super cool. And it, it's it's very limited. So a lot of the things that I do for the futures at that program is the 50K slots. That yeah, way someone's right. getting something very unique, very exclusive, and, right. you know. Well, it's sort of a buy it now or it's not going to be here. Exactly. You, know, I think. you have to jump on it because right. it's going to go. Okay, so um, we talked about where you're at and what people need to call to get a reservation. And if they, if you're not doing the barrel sample, they should mention it to you. <laughs> yes. They should I, strong arm you into If it's mm, not there, I will find it. Yeah, I think that's cool. So um, anything else that people need to know, like the winery, the, the owners, was this their uh, lifelong dream to have an, a winery or... Is it just sort of for the fun of it, or are they Some there very both. often? Or? So, yes, before the pandemic, there was always at least one of the family members here, because it's a family business, mm -hmm. the principal being the daughter, who is my interpreter for everyone. Oh, my gosh. So, April has been the owner since day one. Uh, she got a business degree at the University of Ohio many years ago, so she runs the behind the scenes of the operations right. there. She's going through various sommelier courses now, mm -hmm. so she's always trying to be up on the business. Yeah, really learning it, yeah. So they, they traveled around the world looking for places to get into the wine business because they kind of lived in a close proximity to the wine country in China, but they mm -hmm. always wanted to do it somewhere else where mm -hmm. they could make better wine. So that right. was their goal. And this location just came up at the right time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if there was a winery in existence, that's, you know, half the battle. Yeah. And it came with, what did you say, is that 25 acres? How many acres is it? It's the, 20 acres total. 20 acres. So there's 10 acres planted to Pinot Noir. The other 10 acres is just the production facility. Mm -hmm. We have a house that's on a VRBO program, mm -hmm. which is right next to our goats and alpacas and chickens. and People even like that. Goose. So those are your chickens. <laughs> People and even goats. Like because yes. when you walk the trail, the goats will come right up to the fence there. They are adorable. And the chickens, and I'm like, oh, this is so ideal. I didn't realize that was part of the home there. That's that, all part oh, of the wine. Yeah. It's, it's a wonderful spot out there. Yeah, it's kind of rustic, but yeah. kind of fun. But that's that's Sonoma County. That's I would say that's Sonoma County. Kind Old of rustic. School. Kind of yeah. rustic. <laughs> yeah, kind of rustic for sure. It's time for our Fast Five. 
So who do we have on the line today? Hi, this is Richard Ross, the owner of Threshold Studios, where you record your podcast. Yes. So our we're, favorite, the man of the hour. exciting. It's our engineer who makes us sound so awesome and everything in his beautiful studio. He does what he can. Our, you know him, you love him, Richard Ross, here oh. to give you our Fast Five. What's your Fast Five, Richard? Well, it's a salad dressing. Perfect. Okay, we love that. And it's got five ingredients, and the five ingredients are Dijon mustard. Yeah. Honey. Yes. Capitol Hill seasoning, which is a blend. I'll tell you about that later. Capitol okay. Hill uh, yeah. seasoning. You can okay. get it in Santa Rosa. You have to be a okay. senator for this? No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, olive oil yes. and Grand Reserve balsamic vinegar, which is super syrupy. Okay. Yes. So it's really easy. You just take a tablespoon of the Dijon mustard, put yeah. it in a... Uh, Whisk disc bowl, whisking bowl. A whisk disc. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I have to now, get one of those. <laughs> Shopping. Call <laughs> Amazon. I need you a whisk can disc. Get your whisk disc right here. <laughs> so you, I'll put a ta- heaping tablespoon of that, heaping tablespoon of honey. Yeah. Cover it with the balsamic vinegar. Yes. Then you put in a good palm full of Capitol Hill seasoning. Yes. Whisk it until it turns into kind of a syrup. Yes. Yeah. And then you take olive oil and you drizzle it and whisk it till it emulsifies. Kind of yeah, emulsion. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's it. Oh. So and tell it, me, what is this Capitol Hill seasoning? You know, there's a store in Santa Rosa, but I think you can get it elsewhere. But it's got, uh, basically, it's uh, shallots, doing? salt and pepper, dillweed, and parsley and chives. And it's dried. It's dry. It's a dried And spice. it's called Capitol? Capitol Hill seasoning. Capitol Hill seasoning. Well, people could probably find it online. We'll yeah, have to check. Can, uh, I get it from, what's the name of this? Uh, Savory Spice Company. Oh, okay. All right, okay. so Capitol Hill. Yeah. So, yes, so then what is your favorite salad to put this on? Uh, what do you well, kind of endive or salad like mix, salad greens? I like to put it on with a radicchio. Ah, radicchio. And, Aren't uh, you fancy? No, he's so he's <laughs> well, Sonoma County. <laughs> but it's, it's the bitter against the, yeah. the sweetness of yeah. the salad dressing. It's yeah. really cool. Yeah, because balsamic has a real sweet yeah. component. Especially the, the reserve stuff. It's yeah. Like yeah. A, it pours out like a syrup. Is yeah. it from Modena, this balsamic? Um, look on your bottle. I'll have to look. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm sure it is. That's the balsamic capital yeah. of Italy. Well, I love this. This is, seems like a simple recipe, but I it told him ahead of time, I cannot make a salad dressing to save my soul, so I'm going to try this. Yeah. I can't wait. It's it's foolproof. Yeah. Really. <laughs> well, you don't want to go down that road. <laughs> <laughs> All Except right. for Beth. <laughs> so we will put this recipe in the show notes. Thank you, Richard, and thank you for making us sound so awesome yeah. all the time. This was great. Thanks. You're the best. Bye-bye. Okay, Marcy, did you um, have a book that you wanted to educate us on today? I didn't or not? bring a book today. Oh, because you thought that Julius and I were smart enough. No, I here. just, you know, it's hard to find high quality wine books that are, you know, on the publishing schedule. So I'm kind right. of on a list, but I've, I'm waiting. There's a lot going to come in the fall. Okay, no book. So today. Julius will come back, and I'll I'll read to you. Have you had the grapes of Ralph? <laughs> the grapes of Ralph. <laughs> I'm not kidding. The book. Is that a book? Yeah. What? Oh, tell me about it. <laughs> Ralph Steadman. Oh, oh yes. You know, I actually do know that book. Yeah, he's. It's all illustrated. Yes, it is. Yeah, it's, it's a, a big book format book. Yes. Yeah. So a picture book, and you did not get that for me. Well, right? she's um, always joking that I only like the books with pictures. You should have said I would have brought it in this I morning. Wish. It's a very expensive book. Oh, <laughs> I have a copy. Yeah, oh. it's beautiful. Well, I'll put that on my note for a future future rest. But the grapes of Ralph—that's hilarious. If you ever have me back, I'll bring the book. We'll, we'll have you back <laughs> for sure. So when you're not doing tableside barrel tasting and hosting guests, what's your favorite thing to do in Sonoma County? Generally, only do other wineries and tasting rooms when I have company in from out of town because right, it's kind of right. like a... Yeah, that's what you got to yes, do. that's what we do. all do. Right. <laughs> Are there some wineries that you feel like you always want to take your 
friends too because you just feel like the hospitality is great and you enjoy the wines. I kind of have to feel them out for what kind what of they experience like. they want. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorites is actually one of our nearest neighbors because Iron Horse Winery, I mean, everyone loves sparkling wine. Right. And in my opinion, they make the best sparkling wine in this country. Yeah. So I always take people there and they always treat me great. So I've That's never had a bad experience. Right with there, them. so close by. Yeah. yeah. And look at how the level of their sparkling is amazing. And yet, talk about rustic. I mean, you're standing outside off of of a plank of, you know, between two barrels, and that's their tasting bar. It's beautiful. But you're looking out over Green Valley (laughs) while you're doing it. (laughs) And it's been that way for a long time. Mm -hmm. I remember when I first lived here and I was managing restaurants, they used to do a harvest lunch Mm -hmm. with the Sterlings Mm -hmm. out in front. And I've been invited to that a couple of times. So I actually got to have lunch with them and drink their wine. Yeah. Roughing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't really. know if they still do that, yeah. but this was back in the 80s when right. I got to do that. Right. So. Well, as a consumer, we know you like to go out and consume wine, but what are some of your favorite places to uh, for restaurants? Restaurants. California's got such a cornucopia of them that there's great restaurants everywhere you turn. Yeah. yeah. That's I've been around here. I love to go to John Ash Restaurant. Uh, that's yes. been a longstanding favorite of mine. So I've been going there since the 80s. <laughs> Since the 80s, you make that sound like it was a million years ago. Was it? I don't it know. Was. <laughs> it was. I don't want to think of it that way. <laughs> Last week. Last week in the 80s. <laughs> That's a beautiful property. That's the Vintner's Inn, which is uh, one of our lodging members along the wine road. The Vintner's Inn and then John Ash Restaurant's connected to it. It's beautiful. Definitely. Tom Schmidt, isn't that the chef? Yeah, he's the chef. So he did one of our Fast Five recipes. He was, uh, that must have been posted a few months ago, but that was Tom Schmidt from John Ash. Okay. Anything else that people need to know if they were to come and visit you at Ectimo? Yeah, they're going to have to deal with me. Uh-oh. <laughs> Bring your stories up your game. Yeah, yeah, because I can usually one-up most people's stories. I would think so. I would, think so. Yeah. I would say like so. right out of the gate, you're like, yeah, when I was drinking with Mick Jagger, I'm like, okay, wait a minute. <laughs> I stories used to drink to with Joe Cocker. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wow. wow. These are some stories. <laughs> So this is the uh, British Hall of Fame. We're going to go sit outside and finish this bottle of Pinot and hear about the rest of this. I know. I tell you, there's a lot of stories at the bottom of this bottle. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, we're going to need a bigger bottle. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I love it. Okay, so as usual, I always have one more thing at the end. Okie dokie, Beth. So my one more thing is that today, tickets go on sale for Wine and Food Affair, which is November 5th and 6th. Uh, people can go online to wineroad.com. And I'm super happy to say that this year it is not reservation only, so you'll need your ticket. You pick a check-in winery, and then you can go to any of the participating wineries that you want. So um, all the info is online again, uh, wineroad.com. Just click on Wine and Food Affair. And then we did mention earlier um, that if you're visiting Ectimo, you are right in the neighborhood for Ron Rubin Winery, and it'd be great um, as they're our show sponsor, if you popped in there also and let them know that you're a listener of the podcast and that you appreciate their um, support for us and that they are keeping us on the air. <laughs> yes. So I think that's kind of it. Well, Julius, what's the best way for people to reach the winery? Is there a website or a phone number we can put in the show notes? There's both. So there's a website, which is ectimowines.com. Okay. And just a regular phone number usually winds up leaving a message on the machine. Okay. But that's probably through the website too. Yeah. All right. So and it's Ectimo. E-K-T-I-M-O. Yes. W-I-N-E-S. Ectimo Wines. Wines. All righty. 
So thank you so much, Julius. I mean, we don't even have enough time to explore your background, <laughs> but it sounds very storied and fabulous. And we're so glad you joined us here in our little humble Sebastopol where we don't go anywhere. Yeah. But <laughs> And we're thrilled you brought this Pinot. It's yes, amazing. The Pinot is beautiful. We will put a link to this wine in the show notes, even though it's very limited. We'll put a link to how to get in touch with the winery and we'll put a link to whatever, wine, and food wine and food affair. I will be taking part. Oh, yay. Good. Oh, excellent. <laughs> Great. Well, thank you so much, Julius, and we'll see you on the wine road. It's been a pleasure. Thanks. Bye.